Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I just thought it was so silly yesterday. Um, in the middle of the night I did I did a podcast and I talked as I usually nor- normally do, as I usually do. And uh, when I got done, I realized that I did not press the correct button and nothing recorded. <laughs> um, I didn't record anything. And it was so sad because I actually had started it out. I had, um, I had started it out with some music because that's what, that's what I was talking about. I don't know how many of you know, and just a little thing about me, uh, I'm a classically trained violinist, a classically taught. I um I started the violin when I was approximately four and a half years old. <clears throat> Mostly, I, I, I came from parents that were incredibly musical. And my mom had a degree got her bachelor's degree in music. <clears throat> People always ask her, you know, what are you going to do with a degree in music? And my mom said, I'm going to have it. <laughs> and my dad, my dad just, he didn't get a degree in music. My dad's um, bachelor's was in math. Um, but he, um, <laughs> he used to play the, the piano and sing opera. <laughs> or or classical music he was seeing classical music um another really silly fact about my family well it's not silly it's I think it's so interesting my dad was actually in the seminary to become a priest (laughs) um and he did not finish obviously because you know he married my mom and the rest is history but but um (laughs) But he um he said he couldn't give up his conscience. He said that that if they were to tell him to do something that he thought was morally incorrect, he didn't think he would be able to just follow orders. So he left the priesthood. He decided to not become a priest. My parents were incredibly um devout Catholic. Um but anyway, so all of this just kind of went together, the music with especially like the Catholic Church, like every year they sing Handel's Messiah um, in the church choir, <laughs> my parents. <laughs> but anyway, so it just seemed logical that, you know, their children would grow up musical. And my both my sisters played the violin. And so I just, okay. I mean, it wasn't like, what instrument do you want to play? It was just, I was going to, play the violin. And it was actually a really good thing. Um, I, I have actually in the last couple of years taken some tests, uh, just on my own, not, I haven't gone in to go see a doctor or anything, but I've just taken some tests on my own. Um, and I, I really do believe that I am somewhere high functioning autistic. Um, I, I, I've i kind of known throughout my life that my brain was a little bit different and that I learned a little bit different. Um, but when I was very young, I had massive language issues. Massive. 
Um, and my mother was very uh, resistant to, like, there's there was no way she was ever going to put me in, like, speech therapy or anything. So I never had any therapy for it. And I obviously speak okay sometimes. <laughs> um, I noticed that even still, like, I don't always say words correctly. Or this other thing happens for me is I'll be thinking something and I'll say something else. So I'll actually be thinking something and I'll say something else. It's just nuts. Um, and so, so I, um, so, but throughout the years, so I started at, at four and a half years old and I really believe that this is how it relates. I believe that my playing the violin wired my brain to help me with my autism. I really believe that. Um, listening to classical music, growing up with it, and playing it um, did something very, very helpful to my very, very young brain. Uh, and <clears throat> so, and then recently when I took these tests, I mean, it was, it, it wasn't like it was blaring, like I was way over the top, but I was definitely in the in the line where there would be suspect of me being autistic uh, as a female also because female autistic people are different than male autistic people um like um just learning how to mask it's very important for females, for women to get along socially. And so I learned how to mask. Um, and so anyway, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole. I want to get back to the my music. So I, I, I and I took from a guy named uh, Max Mandel. Max Mandel was my violin teacher and he was a really, really amazing person and had, he was very, very special to me. Um, <clears throat> and he, and he started this thing in, in, in Phoenix. They were called the Suzuki strings. And it was, we were this whole grouping of children who learned how to play the violin by ear. And 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 I didn't learn how to read music until middle school. Now, in hindsight, I really believe this was a huge de detriment to me. <clears throat> and I, I, I really don't believe in that at this point. I think that children need to learn to, to read music much younger, like if not like very, very soon <laughs> um, when they start to learn an instrument. There, there, it just, it was, um, because it really held me back for many, many years, um, when I would audition and I had to audition for things every single year and every time I had to read music and I couldn't, I was, I was illiterate at reading music as a young person. 
<clears throat> and so I played, but I, somehow I got along because I could look at the music and when I was like playing in an orchestra, I could, I could acclimate because I could, I was hearing it and, and looking at it at the same time. So I could learn it very, very quickly. And so I just learned to work around the fact that I was a very poor reader of music. Uh, but I played in all kinds of ensembles. Um, and when I was in college, I played in the ASU orchestra, um, where I too, I played a, in a chamber orchestra, played um, uh, Handel's Messiah. So I always thought that was kind of funny that I was, I played with the ASU orchestra under a guy named Vince Lombardi. Um, these are all like these big names. Um, I had an audition with him once and he, I had a violin teacher in at ASU who really wanted me to major in music. And I didn't want to major in music because I, I, I honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Although I have a massive amount of credits in, in my bachelor's degree in music. I do not have a music degree. Here's the other thing about music degrees that most people do not know. <laughs> they get, for, 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 for other people who get three credits for a class, a lot of music credits are only one credit. And so a person who's a music major actually works a whole lot harder. They have to take more classes in order to graduate is pretty intense. But anyway, so I I ended up graduating from NAU, um, which for a reason that someday I will do a podcast about. I will. I will tell you all about something that happened at ASU. I just haven't yet, um, but I will. Someday I'm going to leave you hanging on the end of your seat on that one. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so I go up to NAU and I'm playing in all of these ensembles like um, NAU Orchestra. I played in the Flag Flagstaff Symphony. I played a chamber music um, and a chamber orchestra for Handel's Messiah in Flagstaff as well. So um, then I graduate and I continue to play. I I went back to play with the Phoenix College Orchestra. So I this and this was so weird because Max Mandel like paired up with the Phoenix College Orchestra. I don't know why he did the Phoenix College Orchestra and not um like the Tempe Symphony or so or I, I don't know why he picked that, but he had this huge alliance with the Phoenix College Symphony and 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 he would um we would play with them at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. And um, and so when I was a young person, I also played in like, um, the I think it was the Phoenix Strings. And then we went to, I went to the Symphonettes and I went to Youth Orchestra. And these were associated with the Phoenix Symphony. So these were like programs that, that were aimed at, at, getting young people practiced for the Phoenix Symphony. Um, 
But throughout those years, I, I, when I look back on it, I was not a competitive person. I'm still not. I'm, I'm not the kind of, I'm just not competitive by nature. I'm more likely to just let you win. I just, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I was, you know, um, and it's not to say that there aren't times where I feel, well, how did that happen? Why did they get this job? Or why did they get a better grade when I studied more? You know, I mean, it's not that that doesn't come up at times, but that may be something entirely different. Um, but I'm I'm not going to be like, I really want a better grade than that person. You know, and and to be, and, and music is very competitive by nature. It just, like, there is nobody more snobby than the first violin of an orchestra. <laughs> they are like the snobbiest of the snobby people. I just laugh because it's just kind of true. If you've ever met, like, a, <laughs> a violinist who, like, played the first chair, they're just, ooh, um, I am the greatest violinist in the world. I'm just kidding, but I'm not. I'm really kind of serious. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so um, it is, it's very competitive, but there was this other aspect, and, and this is part of the reason why I think that <laughs> um, so I was thinking about this, like, how do you refer to the creator of everything that is? I mean, like, like, truly, like, how do you, how, how do we actually refer to that adequately? Like, it's like, in some ways, you know, like, like, just, just in our, in our small mind, and like, just calling it God, calling it universe, calling it source, calling it like something that I was thinking today, the great spirit. Like how, like what words could ever be, be right? With, with, with that, with whatever everything is, like it, it's just so so loving and and inclusive and huge um we cannot even fathom that <laughs> so um but anyway so this is part of the reason why i think that maybe i was not able to record yesterday because that got interfered and and knocked it off <laughs> i'm like said no you're not going to talk about this <laughs> And so I'm not going to go hugely, hugely down this rabbit hole like I did yesterday because I, I was pretty transparent in that, in that I try to be as transparent as I can be. But it's also like I'm not as fixated on the past. But sometimes the past does affect us until we learn for it to not affect us. So... One of the things that that happened for me as a young person throughout my life is I got a massive case of stage fright because what happened, and I think it was, I don't know, 
the people around me just did not know how to how to really like deal with me at a like in a good way they just there were just there was a lot of criticism and not that my that my violin teacher was hugely critical but he was not the kind of teacher to hardly ever give positive reinforcement like give me positive for anything ever like he wasn't the type of teacher that said you played that well he just he was like Simon Cowell on Ameri- on whatever whatever that show is like he if you get a compliment from him you've hung the moon you know i mean he just you know i mean he he was so beyond that whatever i did was very small but i there was this one time where he where he had been sick cuz he got i guess like colon cancer or something and he had been sick and so i had this other teacher and i practiced cuz this was an issue for me like i didn't always practice like to learn an instrument you have to practice you have to practice every day and i just didn't practice like in college i did I practiced every day. I went into these practice rooms and and I excel. I mean, I did really well, but um, but when I was, um, when I was beyond that or, or younger than that, I just didn't practice like I was supposed to. But anyway, I, I happened to practice, and I learned this song and and I played it for him and. <laughs> And he said, and I quote, I'll, I'll never forget it. He said, you have no idea how gratifying it is for me to hear you play like that. You know, I mean, when your teacher never compliments you and says something like that, I mean, that is just beyond anything you could ever hear. <laughs> um, but... <clears throat> there was, so there was a lot of, um, okay, so what, what ended up happening is, that, and I, I think that this is really, really a distinction that is very important. What ended up happening was, is that I was equating, I was equating um, Playing the violin with who I was, not something I did. So when I didn't play well, which was, you know, I mean, I was a a huge perfectionist even back then. I've always been a little bit perfectionistic. And, And so when I, when I, when it wasn't perfect, it was like a massive flaw in me. Not in something I did. And there's a difference. It's not a moral dilemma. It's not a sin to make a mistake. But as a young person, I I, I really, really, it was all personal for me. And, And so there was so much like negativity that it, it just left this huge, um, where, I loved the violin and I hated the violin. 
I mean, because people would ask me, do you like playing the violin? And I would have to think about it because I wasn't entirely sure. I'm like, I don't know. Because um, mastering anything is, is challenging, but mastering an instrument, anybody who plays an, an instrument or does anything like this, like recently I've been um, watching on my YouTubes these skaters, this, um, her name is, um, um, Camilla. She's, she's Russian. She's 15 years old. She is like, I'm watching this, this, this girl skate. And I just, I, it's just, it is beyond my comprehension, the talent, but it's also the amount of hours, like people just, just like you just, the hours and hours and hours and hours, you know, that go behind what she's doing right there. A focus and, and doing this instead of that. She did this and she's a champion. And so, and so, <clears throat> and maybe it was also disappointment in myself that I didn't practice enough that I knew in my heart that I didn't practice enough for whatever it was. But <clears throat> so I continued to play on in my life. I, um, after, after all of, I, I ended up going back to it after the birth of my, my child, I took from, um, I took a few violin lessons and started playing again. And then I, um, and then I moved to where I live now, and then I was playing in a string ensemble in the town I live in for a period of time, on and off. Because um, I, I ended up, it was so funny, I was pregnant with my last child, <laughs> and I'm on the stage, and I'm, I'm like massively pregnant, and, and I was, he was so big, like, I can't describe, like, how ridiculous I looked, but... So, um, I'm, I'm on the stage and all the people are looking at me and they are very nervous that I'm going to give birth. Like I'm going to go into labor and I'm laughing. I'm like, I don't, you know, whatever, but, <laughs> but what, what gave me like the bigger like excitement was that my child was hearing all of this music. I mean, my youngest child was in my womb listening to all of this music. And I just, what a beautiful thing it was. I was just more, you know, oh God, that's the coolest thing ever, you know, for him to have that wiring his little brain in my, in my womb. I just loved that. Um, but anyway, so then I, I ended up um, getting taken up into a trio and I played with these two women for, I don't know, I'm thinking about maybe five years, maybe, maybe longer but I don't think less. And we practiced together. And, and it was so interesting because the cellist was my grade school music teacher. <laughs> and like how we connected again was just, just nuts. And um, so I played for that in all kinds of things. We did weddings, we did um, openings to wings of hospitals. We, we were doing a, they were opening a birthing center in the town I live in. And we, 
was so funny, y'all. It was so funny. We're standing out and we're, we have our stands up and our music and all of a sudden a helicopter. <laughs> it either, I don't remember if it took off or it landed, but our music is flying everywhere. We're, we're just trying to like grab our music because it, it was so funny. Um, but anyway, so, and then, and then one of the members ended up moving away, but then I was playing in her little string ensemble for a period of time with very, very young musicians, but that was a hoot. And we, um, we actually did have one little recital, which was so much fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, and this was when I, so this was a really challenging time for me. And I got this crazy story for you. Um, because they were, they were, these are professional musicians that I'm playing with. And I'm like, I'm somewhat illiterate in reading music. These are women that you put a piece of music in front of them. No problem. You put a piece of music in front of me and it's going to take a while. But once I get it, I get it. And, and, and so they, I think that they liked having me also <laughs> maybe as the violinist because I was also, I, I, I have some sense of humility because I'm sorry, this is a horrible stereotype, but a lot of violinists are kind of snobby. And so, and I didn't like take over. It wasn't about me. I was part of the group. And so and so if if I erred, it was on the side of playing too soft, not too loud. I didn't take over. Um, and so I think they really liked having me in that position because I was the, the violinist and there was a, a viola and a cellist. But anyway, this was one of the last times that we played together and they wanted to play all this new music. And I, I just was like, oh, my God. <laughs> And it was like, I had like a week to learn like all of this new music and for something and that we were getting paid for. So I'm like, oh my God, what have they done to me? So I go home and I'm practicing and I ran into this person, this, this fellow parent at a, at a high school, I, I mean, at the school that my, my oldest went to and, and she said, she says, you just have to do it. You just have to learn it. You just have to sit and do it. I don't know. There was something about the way she said it that I just was determined. And I went home and and I learned all this music. And I remember getting from the trio, like from the cellist, she told the violist that she thought that was the best time that I ever, like she thought that I played really well. For some reason, that particular gig stood out to her but a couple of days later or if not the next day I wake up with this um this this um mark like this red mark on above my left eye and I don't feel good I'm like well that's peculiar you know and then I wake up the next day and there's like two, like two, like marks over my left eye and I'm not feeling good. So I go see my primary care 
and he's, he just, he doesn't know what it is. Like he doesn't really think much of it. And then I end up seeing an eye doctor, you know, because it was, it was like really close to my eye and, 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 um, and he doesn't think that much of it. And then like the next day I wake up with a, like, I could, it looked like a fever blister, like, but not on my lip. It was like on my skin above my, above my, my lip. And I knew that I had shingles and I, and so I call my primary care and, and he gets me in and he says, yeah, and this is a funny story. My gosh. And, um, he, he goes, yeah, he's like, God, you do, you have shingles. And I'm sitting there and he's looking at me and he's talking to me and he goes, I just want to warn you that I've had two patients who have shot themselves in the head because of the phantom pains that come from this, like getting shingles in your head. And I, I about passed out. <laughs> this is not somebody that you tell, you know, that just got a case of the shingles. <laughs> he was like scared, scared me to death. But I have to tell you, it did. I had these shooting pains into my ear. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. Um, and I, um, and like shooting pains up into my, my, my brain and into my ear. And I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. And, um, and then like, like the next, if not the next day, the next few days, I wake up and my left eye looks like it's enveloped in like a fever blister, like a, a herpes blister, like this huge, <laughs> my left eye is just like terrible. And so I get an eye, eye appointment and he looks at me, he's like, oh, oh no. And um, he tells me that one of his patients like gets them every single month. She gets this, these, her, this um, shingles in her eye, like on the left side. But um, thank God my vision was not um, damaged by this. But anyway, it was, I really believe it was the stress of learning that music and because I have, I'm trying to explain that I had a massive amount of trauma in my brain regarding the violin, like a massive. And, and I, and, and I grew up with a lot of criticism and there was like full stop abuse. And I'm sorry, I don't use this word very often, but and I'm I'm not going to get into the details about that, but there was this movie Shine. If you ever get the opportunity to watch it, it is a fabulous movie. Um, and in watching that movie, I was I was like really triggered. There is a whole 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 lot of abuse that goes on. Um surrounding music, uh, people with, who are learning instruments. I mean, it's kind of rampant in, in everything. Like you've got coaches with athletes that can be abusive. You've got, you know, um, 
and also parents. I mean, and I, I had like, I'm just telling you, and I don't want to get into specifics, but, um, and it just all culminated into this, me getting these shingles on my, on my eye, my face, on my, and so you fast forward. And so like I would play off and on over every once in a while, I would pick up my violin over the last three years, but my mother passed away. (laughs) And, and over the last few months, I've been listening to a massive amount of classical music. I listen to classical music quite a bit. I listen to a lot of music. I really do, like all kinds. But classical music, I listen to it pretty much every day, at least part of the day. And I I was listening to this these piece this piece. Um it's a Bach piece and I'm like I really want to learn that. So I pull my violin out and I stand and I and I pull and I it just feels different. And and I start to play yesterday. Yesterday I practiced and <laughs> and I was making jokes in my in my podcast that I did yesterday that I didn't do cuz I didn't press record. But um <laughs> But about, I love that movie by Disney, The Aristocats, and that scene where they're with the piano and the mom says, you must play your scales in your arpeggios. Anyway, yesterday I was practicing my scales in arpeggios. And um, and then, then the day before, and then yesterday I pulled it out again and I was able to find and buy the music to this piece that I want to learn. And I, yesterday I went through the entire, um, first the composition, the sonata of this, um, Bach is Bach. And if it just feels different, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I, I'm incredibly excited to be playing my violin again. <clears throat> and I, it needs to be, I, I'm going to have to, to like surrender it to a string shop. I'm going to take it to Phoenix because it needs, my violin needs a tune-up. Oh, my violin alone needs a tune-up, but also my, um, my bow, which I have a crazy story about my bow. I just, some of these stories I just have to share because I just, I just think it's like, so <laughs> it's a crazy story. But I, I, so I opened my case yesterday or the other day and my, my bow hair. So the hair on a bow is made from, from horse hair. I'm assuming the tail of a horse. That's what they make, um, bows for violins with. I'm not sure about other instruments, but, and a whole bunch of the hair on my, on my bow just split. And so I, it has to be rehaired. I don't have a choice. Um, but my bow, I, I want to share this. Uh, so when I was young, <laughs> I mean, pretty young, 
I was a flight attendant and I flew for Southwest Airlines. Uh, I was a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines. And I was I was playing my violin quite a bit at the time and I wanted to go to the string shop. Uh and I think that I may have been actually looking for a violin bow because I really wanted a different one. I didn't, I, I had a trainer bow and I mean, it was just adequate. It wasn't a great bow and I really wanted a new one. And there was a really good string shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I'm on this overnight <laughs> and I, and I ask him, you know, how do I get there? So I take a bus, you know, and I'm really young. I just can't believe the stuff I did. So I take this bus to the string shop and I'm looking through all of these, these bows and my, the bow, and I bought it. I, um, I bought this bow and then I had to transport it, you know, I had like on an airplane back, you know what I mean? It was like, what am I going to do with this bow, you know, and I was just very careful with it to have it not get stolen or anything. But um, I had picked it out because he was a student of somebody else, but I really liked this bow and it was a good price point too. I don't know. I just had a feeling about it and I bought it. I don't know how much my bow would be worth today. Maybe nothing, but, um, but the other thing I did that I just can't believe I did this is I was trying to, I was going to like catch the bus to go back to the hotel, but there was this guy who said, oh, I'm on my way. And I could give you a ride back. And I hop in the car with some random guy <laughs> and he takes me back to the hotel. I can't believe I did that. It, you know, I, I must have, but see, when I say this, then, and I'll, I must have like, massive amounts of beings or angels on the other side who have taken care of me. I must. But then whenever I say that, then I'm like, but what about the person who does disappear? Do they not have angels looking out for them? But then I think people who tout these principles would say that was that was their journey or their their point of attraction. Like and I guess it wasn't my point of attraction to be disappeared by somebody, but I've done some, the damnedest things in my life that I just, I would never like tell my children to do this. I should have taken the bus back or gotten a taxi or something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I still have that bow and I'm going to be surrendering my violin. But I, I really actually plan to like, I'm going to practice like every day. And I'm, you know, I was thinking that because I see all these TikToks all the time or these TikToks or these, um, these Instagrams, I have like quite a few on my Instagram feed of these violinists. And I'm like, God, you know, maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I'll learn this piece and I'll start playing it for my peeps. I'll go on my YouTube station and do, you know, play my newest, my newest thing that I learned. I just, um, I had done a, a TikTok once on a the theme of a tuning fork so I had to watch this instrument I mean this uh experiment because I I just love information uh you all should know that about me by now but anyway I love information and I 
and I was watching this this um experiment where they had a tuning fork in a in a box like a black like a plastic clear box and they had like tuning forks next to it and when they when they put the tuning fork they so you have to bang a tuning fork to make it you have to bang it on something to make it make the sound for it to vibrate at that sound and so they banged it but they didn't bang the other one and so by the process of banging the one and having the one just vibrate next to it the tuning fork next to it started to vibrate And so I really believe like when we are listening to music. So when I'm I'm playing and I'm putting out these these waves of energy, you know, and 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 it and and that really is all that it is, is it is a frequency of, of energy of, of a wave that that comes to our ear that makes a beautiful sound. But it's just really kind of a an odd concept, isn't it? Like, like the violin in and of itself, like the way that it's created and it, like the way it's put together. Like if you look at it, it's like, God, that is so weird. And then like a bow and it has horse hair and they make it out of wood and they stretch it, you know, and oh my God. And then you, and then you put your fingers here and then you put the violin on, you know, the, the bow and the thing, you know, and it makes this sound and then you can make all kinds of different sounds on there with the different ways that you use your bow. You know, you can do it sharply or smoothly or longly or shortly or, you know, and it's just, God, it's really kind of the coolest thing, isn't it? Music. Oh my God. When you really think about it, it's just so, so interesting. Um, but I'm going to end with this, that I think, I think that it's really interesting, my, my, my take on it. And I, I'm so excited to just feel, yesterday I was just, I was like, I am free. I love my mother dearly. And I know that she is very pleased that I am playing my violin. But I somehow feel freed from all, all of that. That past, like, trauma and the years of of all of that I just sort of strangely feel free of it and so I'm, I'm I'm trying to learn this and and some of it I have to move to these different positions there's there's different positions there's like first second third fourth you know probably fifth sixth seventh and eighth position on on the violin and some of the positions I'm very nervous about, like I know the first and I know the third really well, but I don't know the second. But I was thinking I can learn. And that's the difference between I can't and I can. I can learn the second position and I need to start working on it so that I really get it in my brain. The second position so that when I, when I have to play in the second position, I'm not nervous. It's second nature. So I'm going to be learning the second position better and also this 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 composition and I'm I'm supremely excited but anyway I just wanted to um 
to share that. <laughs> I appreciate y'all listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.